Welcome to the Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast, where together we tackle the topics and discuss the strategies of getting the church out of the box. We're glad you've joined us. Now, let's dive right in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mobilized Church Podcast. This is Chris Dillingham, alongside my big brother, Ken Dillingham, Jr., the third on this beautiful... Bro, what about this What about this winter? I mean, I, I would call it... I, I would <clears throat> I would call it uh, extended fall. Uh, it's, a, it's been amazing. God's honest truth, okay? Northwest Ohio, I have not touched a shovel... Or a snowblower one time this entire winter. That's See, the people, will of God. That's people, the will of God. People think that we're being sarcastic and and uncaring when we say if this is global warming, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, man. Dude, but we took a, I, we took a walk yesterday. It was gorgeous. That's, out. that's what I'm saying. The us we from the Midwest, we're like, hey, hey, it's our turn. And we're like, look, you know, they'll grow. I don't know. Canada will become the new growing place for uh, food. I, yeah. Know, and, like, and we don't want to hear from people like Mike Hanks and Jeffrey Glick and these guys out in California right. that get, right. you know, beautiful weather all the time. Like this is like, this is amazing. This is beautiful. I love this. So we've already had an interesting pre-show and we've got it. We got a hard stop today. Cause you got a big day, Ken. I do. Get a I big do. day. Do you want to share? Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I've been asked to give uh, testimony today for Ohio House Bill 339 at the uh, state legislature in favor of uh, the, the bill that is going to or is proposing to extend funding for non-tax, non-charter schools. Man, that's, that is so amazing, so needed. You know, I know they've recently made some changes and actually, some of the changes they've made in Ohio has had a negative impact on religious schools that are not chartered. It was a huge boon to the charter schools, but to the non-charter schools, they expanded they expanded the the Ed Choice program basically to include uh, religious charter schools and what have you. Right. So, so that's I mean that's awesome. That's great if you're St. John's Catholic or you're some big you know, big charter school, but for some of the smaller religious schools, yeah, it's made, well, it's made life really tough. And the, and the, basically my point is going to be, you know, because of the fact that religious liberty has been extended, this is not a, this is a, not an anti-public school movement. Yeah. This is, this is, this is people expressing their religious uh, liberties their, you know, their protected uh, religious liberties, legally protected, <clears throat> to combine uh, spiritual development with academic development, and they feel like both of those are important. And it's not just about they believe that the, the period of time of schooling is not just an educational period to learn, uh, you, you know, information and data, but learn how to be a good human. And learn yeah. how to, you know, to live in a way that's going to be a, you know, going to be a good contributor to society and whatever. That is a, that's a protected religious liberty. So they, so fu the funding system now would force 
uh, schools to go through the arduous task of of being chartered and so on and so forth, which is an unnecessary burden when yeah. their religious liberty to have a Christian school is a protected right in our country, and it's a protected right of parents to be able to send their kids to a Christian school uh, as a part of their a, a part of their d- decision to combine uh, spiritual development with their academic uh, education. You're going to do awesome. So say a prayer. Say a prayer for KG Dilly Jr. the third this afternoon, 2.15, I think, right? 2.15. Two, I'm like going to be there at 2.15, and uh, testimony starts at 3. Let's go, man. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to introduce myself as Dizzy D. <laughs> you have a driver, right? Yes, my wife is taking me. He has a driver, so yes. we'll, we'll stage be in name. I'll tell him. Dizzy D. Pastor Ken Dillingham, my stage name is Dizzy D. If I was there, I'd be Cree Dilly Funk Shizzle. (laughs) (laughs) Dizzy D in the house, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Vicky, Vicky, Vicky. (laughs) (laughs) Out of control. Well, you got a hard stop today. So the reason we said that, we got a hard stop today. So we're going to get right. Then we're going to even bypass Super Bowl discussion. We could talk about. You know, dumb decisions and what, what all, whatever. But we don't want to. We don't want to bring up bad memories to our friends out in Northern California. True. So we'll just we'll just leave it. We'll just move on and go right to the topic today, Ken. Yeah, yeah. we did it have feels, a pre-show. It, it feels like they've ta- they tailored the whole thing in a in a particular <laughs> way that they wanted it to. So, yeah. I, oh, I got a comment. I got a comment out of Jeffrey Glick. It worked. We brought him out of hiding last week. Last week, I brought out all the Ohio State and Michigan people. I got a lot of comments from people on that. So, so we won't we won't talk about how horrible Shanahan coached in the third quarter that led to the demise and then the, the poor decision in overtime. But we won't talk about any of that. We're gonna no we're no, gonna stick no to the we're, script. We're today. not here today to talk about those things. We're not. We have a great topic. This is gonna be awesome. And uh, I'm going to let you I'm, okay. so so had some things going on here personally that kind of kept me from from really getting some things ready to go this morning. And what you did is what we're going to talk about today. So you're going to set this up, Ken, and just just get the conversation started and uh, we'll just launch it from there. All right. So um, we are. The, the the title today of our our podcast is the Jesus Invitation, an offer of margin, and 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 what we understand is so kind of a definition of terms when we're talking about margin, we're talking about like for example if a business, if, let's say for example a business has a, a profit margin of say thirty percent, let's say a business has a thirty percent profit margin, then the difference between what it takes for them to run the business, all the costs of operation, right? All operational costs uh, subtracted from gross profits equal net profits, which then can be quantified into a percentage, uh, which is their, their profit margin, right? So what, what, what percentage, what percentage of revenue, is or or what what amount of revenue is is what percentage of their total operating costs so they have a a net profit which is a profit margin so in life 
we live in a world that was made dysfunctional by sin. So when we think about we think about life, we weren't intended by God to live in a life uh, of chaos. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Jesus didn't make us to manage the 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 stress, the 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 dysfunction, the disorder of a world in sin. God never intended us to deal with uh, being disfellowshipped from his presence. God made us to thrive and flourish in the environment that he, that he originally created. Sin created an alternative. I, I mentioned to you, Chris, in our opening co- uh, comments, it's like <clears throat> we were never, it's like we're a, if we're a butter knife, you know, we were never intended to, you know, to, to screw a screw in the wall. Right. A butter knife can do it, but that's not what it was made for. And eventually yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll damage the butter knife. I, I know that because my wife tells me that sometimes. <laughs> that's awesome. She She's lets like, you know that. Don't you have a screwdriver? I'm like, not within walking distance. Right. The butter knife right. was right there laying and, on the counter. And when, a butter, and when it works, like what difference yeah. does it make? Yeah. She's like, well, it worked, but look at the end of it now with the little Nikki thing on the end of it. Absolutely. The little, like just a little bent up edge, just edge. a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, and then you got to use like almost like a steak knife to get a Phillips screw, but I digress. Um, but it's hard on us. It's hard for us to navigate. Uh, G- Jesus never intended for us to uh, deal with terminality. You know, Ooh, ter- right. things things being terminal. Uh, he never intended us to have terminal sicknesses. He never intended us to have ter- terminal relationships. He never intended us for relationships to end. Like for somebody to come and say, I'm ending this relationship or marriage or whatever. Mm. And so life's hard and it's hard for us to navigate those things. And those things, not just big things, but also the things within the day to day, the pressures, the, the, the little crises that pop up and so on. Right. Right. So Jesus makes an offer in Matthew eleven twenty eight and says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened or heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And, and we need to, I think what we need to realize is, is Jesus isn't just making an offer for people who are really having a bad day, right? He is, he, he is making an offer for everyone to handle right. the challenge of life. Okay. So back to margin <clears throat> to, to handle the challenges of life. We need margin. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the offer of Jesus. It's not just Jesus isn't just saying, let me carry that for a while until you recover. No, really, Jesus is making off an offer. Let me take the weight of that so that you can begin to live the way that I intended for you. Man, that's so good, bro. That's so good. I, I've been I've been diving into I, I think it, it relates and connects to like. So so Jesus, you know, Jesus comes out of the mountain temptation. Uh, he starts. He starts launching his ministry, preaching the the gospel of the kingdom. He preaches repentance. Starts doing all these miracles. Matthew, Matthew three, Matthew four, goes into Matthew five, and he and he goes up onto the mountain, draws his disciples to him, and he stands up, starts preaching. And <clears throat> Tim Mackey from the Bible Project has some amazing stuff on the Sermon on the Mount and whatever. And 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 one of the things I think is so interesting is you know, he talks about the word blessed and kind of the misunderstanding of what the word blessed means, you know, and, 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 and the, the, the word that Jesus uses there is Ashray, 
not Baruch. He uses Ashrei, which means basically the good life belongs to these. It's an observation. These right. are the blessed people. It's not pronouncing blessing. It's saying these yeah. are what the these are who the blessed people are. How set up are you? <clears throat> exactly. When? Exactly. And and what does he what does he immediately go to? The the outcast the hurting, the broken, the oppressed. He's talking to an oppressed people. Like one of the things I learned through this was when he talks about, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, which, you know, you've talked a lot about shalom, right? Mm, the yeah. shalom, everything is it ought to be. Yes. Peace is not just, he's not just talking about people that keep things calm and quiet and whatever, but people that actively pursue making everything as it ought to be. Yes. And he said this statement, so I'm, I'm going to tie this together here in just a second, but he makes the statement that, that the peace, the, the, the shalom makers receive the earth. And he said, think about who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to, to a group of people who are, who are outcasts in their own land. They're they've living been dispossessed in, of their promise by the Romans. They've been dispossessed of their promise. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, when you, when you, if you'll engage with me, right? So what he's saying is he's saying, if you'll come into my kingdom and, and walk with me in the kingdom where everything is, as it should be, everything as it should be, you will be the possessors of the land, the thing that brings status, that brings stability, that brings strength, all that kind of stuff. So it goes right along with what you're saying, Ken, about, about kind of that, the, 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 the margins, those places where we feel like, man, we're beat down, we're, we're broken, we're wounded. You may not, you may, obviously we're not living in a, a dispossessed land, right? I mean, we're not, we're not living in that kind of culture or whatever, but we all, we, we have experienced being dispossessed of things. We've, we've experienced all that kind of stuff and that heavy burden, that heavy weight. And Jesus comes along and says, let me do the heavy lifting so that I can bring you up so that now you can go and do what you're called to do. So good. And, 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 you know, and really ultimately, you know, we've all been dispossessed from God's original intention. Man, so true. And and so, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, why was, we've talked about our testimony uh, often, you know, why was the offer of Jesus such a beautiful offer to people, to two young men, um, boys, really? Yeah. Who... Uh, had been dispossessed from something that was, you know, the most precious thing in them, which was, you know, their, their brotherly relationship and their family. Yeah. And Jesus comes Speaking along. of dispossessed, yeah. I've been dispossessed from my office. And so if you hear clanking and whatever, <laughs> it's because that's true. I've been dispossessed. But, so it's a good, good illustration. Yeah. But your office is being shalomed right now. So it is being shalomed. That's yes. right. Something that's not yet complete isn't fully shalom, but it's on its way to being. It is. It's, it's so shalom. We think, and that's the thing. And we think the word shalom, like you mentioned that, we think the word shalom oftentimes means uh, lack of conflict. Yeah, and Jesus is a difficulty, right? Right. And Jesus is allowing them to know that it's not my peace is not that. Uh, blessed are the 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 you know blessed are those who are not powerful enough to stop the enemy to right to to um yeah. to take from them yeah what Bro, not just what is. matters not just what matters chris but what gives them stability what's necessary right that's it 
It gives them status. It gives them the necessities of life, yeah. right? So, so yeah. So we can relate to that. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's important as we as we think through this that when Jesus is making this offer to us, he's making an offer of you you uh, would likely be seen by others certainly uh, seen by yourself right you'd likely be seen by others but certainly you'd be seen by yourself as not being ashray not being set up correct like not being you know and and i love how when he goes through happy are you blessed are you that and there's all those things but really what it is is how set up are you when you are meek yeah for you will inherit the earth like like because why because your meekness has ushered you into the kingdom and when you enter the kingdom my shalom then becomes something that you not only see but experience it has the power to shalom you to make everything as it should be yeah so that even those things that aren't as they should be yes by and through you begin to be more reflective of how it should be. And so who would, who would God want to turn the earth? Do you think that might makes right? No, might doesn't make right. We know that what yeah. we, but, but what Jesus is proposing is, is that you think if you had more might than the Romans, then you could make it right. But that's not true. Oh, that's so good, bro. And and kind of extrapolating the principle from the Sermon on the Mount into the scripture that you read, it, it could almost be said Jesus is saying, how set up are those that are burdened and heavy laden? Right. Right? Yes. How, the, the good life belongs to the burden and the heavy laden. Why? Because I'm giving to you. So, so the Ashray is... Not identifying who's the blessed, the blessed people of the burden and the heavy laden people. Right. And then he pronounces Baruch, the blessing on them. What is the, what is the blessing of that? I will give you the margin. I will That's give it. you the rest. Right. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so, and so what, and the beautiful thing about it is that the invite, I think the, the invitation of Jesus, um, you know, the, the, the next verse that Jesus brings, um, you know, as we look at that, the next verse is, um, he says, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden or in the NIV, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Check this out. Next verse, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Okay. So walk us through that. I, cause I, cause I think, I think like, I love, again, highlighting, I love that podcast because, you know, a lot of the things that, that we think we understand, yeah. you know, we have, we have words and terminologies and we think we understand them, but I think sometimes we do miss the principles when they become just language that we use and we, we say it, but we don't really know a hundred percent what it means. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so what does it mean? So you mentioned, right, so you're burdened and heavy laden, and right. Jesus will give you the margin, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the space 
that you can't do, that you can't make up. He'll make that up, right? And, he, and that'll bring rest to your soul. So, so take my yoke upon you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Learn of right. me. What, yes. what's, what is he trying to articulate to us there? Well, interestingly, <clears throat> and not, man, wow, not getting too in the weeds I'll get theologically the weeds, here. I, I, I know. Well, so I believe that it's important for us to recognize that. So we, so we bring in all of the, the words in con, um, context for meek. When Jesus mm. said, I'm, I'm meek and lowly in heart. Um, yeah, which, which, so, so what happens is, uh, you look at Moses and the Bible said that he was the meekest man that ever lived. And we have a hard time understanding that because meekness is often associated with weakness. And, sure. but that's, that's really not what the word meek is even referring to at all. In fact, if you, if you understand it, and I believe that Jesus, I, be, I, I don't believe that this is by take, t- I don't think this is taking Liberty with the understanding of the scripture at all. When you recognize that when they talk about uh, many years ago, uh, we went to <clears throat> Arkansas, we were preaching a revival in Arkansas and there was a, a, someone there who had a horse that was, you know, a, a, a roping horse, calf roping horse. Okay. And so, you know, if you've ever watched the calf roping, they've got the lasso, right. And they're, and they're, you know, they're, they're basically, they're, they're, they're holding on to the horn of the saddle and they've got the lasso. They can't hold the reins. Right. So, sure. though, so, so what they do is they try to find a horse that is extremely trainable and a horse that is extremely, uh, um, uh, open to, the, the, the being able to respond, responsive, being responsive to the leanings of the rider. Okay. And so what happens is, is actually these uh, a really, really pro, like if you go to the Houston, uh, livestock show and rodeo and you go watch the rodeo some night and you'll watch them, uh, in the calf roping, you'll notice that they're not steering the horse. Yeah. But they are. You just They're don't leaning. realize it. They're leaning. They're literally so the so the best uh, horses, the best ca- uh, calf roping horses are the ones that actually don't even. You don't even have to lean. You could press your knee into their like you know because you're sitting in the saddle, so you're pressing into sort of their neck and shoulder region, and so you push your knee into it. You don't even have to lean your body to get them to go. You could stay sitting straight up and you start pushing your knee in and they'll go, they'll go, you know, you push your right knee in, they'll feel that pressure and they'll push away from the pressure. So they'll go left. You put your left knee in, it'd be the same thing as leaning to the right. The horse will go to the right. And, and, and inside that network, they call that horse meek. That it is that it is a powerful horse. It is, it is, it is better and more suited for the job than any other horse because it's meek. It has, it is, it is capable of being responsive to the slightest moves of the rider. Wow. Wow. That's so good, bro. Jesus is talking, take my yoke upon you. He's talking about an ox. He's talking about some kind of farm animal that would get in a yoke. 
So meekness in that context, man, that's is so good, dude. The capacity to do what's expected to, and for Jesus, he says, I don't say anything except for what I hear my father say. Right. I don't do anything except for what I hear my father say. And you say, well, what's wrong with Jesus? Doesn't he have his own thoughts? Huh? Aren't you your own person, buddy? What's wrong? Don't you have your own, you don't have your own ability. You don't have your own will. I don't do, you, you don't have your, right? That's not, no, that's not the point. Goodness. I, for this cause came I into the world, right? Yeah. Jesus didn't come into this world to bring a new, you know, he, he came to bring the mind and heart of God. He came to bring us the understanding of heaven and we can't hear it and we can't understand it. And we can't know it because our margins have been shrunk so desperately bad that we can't even, it's the cacophony of sounds around us. And Jesus says, I'm meek and lowly of heart. I can navigate you through life in a way that's perfectly responsive to our heavenly father and lead you into shalom. So the, so the, it, it's safe to say that the burden and, and the weariness that comes is, is, is we're living in a fallen, broken world. And so there's, there are difficulties in the challenges. Like you started out, there's dysfunction in our world because of sin. Right. And so yes. we're living, we're living in that, in that dysfunction. But what I'm hearing you say is that as believers, as followers of Jesus, that if we're feeling weariness, if we're feeling the burden, if we're yes. feeling the heavy ladenness in our lives, it might be an indicator that we're not living in the margins that Jesus has already provided for us. So true, bro. Right? So, so we're trying to direct, we're trying to guide, and we're confronted and faced with the reality that we have our limitations, we have, you know, like, like as much as we love control, the reality is controls an illusion. Yes. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't control really anything. There's, you can do everything exactly right. And some unexpected thing can come into your life and totally transform it and change it in an instant, in a moment. And I think there's an internal awareness of these things. And so you try and 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 you try. And, you try, and all it does is produce more weariness. Right, so we do true, everything man. we can to make our lives safe and to, and and to remove conflict and whatever. And Jesus says, "No, what you need to do is is be meek, where you become so sensitive." Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning already. Yes, you, sir. You feel the leading of the Holy Ghost, the direction of His Spirit to know what to do. He's guiding you. He's directing you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. It doesn't mean that you're not going to face challenges and difficulties. But you're living in his margins that he's already he's already purchased for us. We don't have to carry. This is what he's saying, right? You don't have to carry the weight of trying to make it all happen, to figure it all out, to make sure everything is just right. What you need to do is learn how to be so sensitive to my leading that you know which way to turn when the trouble comes, bro. You know what's interesting, and and this this is so crazy, but yoke is uh <laughs> the, we don't I don't want to get into Greek study <laughs> but the word Just yoke comes it. it it comes from it comes from the word um zygon z y I think it's z y g o n zygon which is literally means a beam of balance okay 
Makes and, sense, right? Because you've got yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. And so when you know when he's when he's talking about learning from him, um, it's interesting because the balance. Yeah, it's 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 so what is that? Where where you know, where is the balance? Where well like balance is found in the margins, right? Balance is found. And so Jesus had full on life margin because he was living in the shalom of his purpose. He was living in the shalom of sinlessness, right? But sure, sure. But he was, but he was also saying, I'm inviting you to get balance for yourself by coupling with me as I live the highly margin balanced life, because here's the deal. I will balance the load. Yeah. I will. Yeah. It's the, the reason why it's a beam of balance is because it's something that couples to farm animals so that they can perfectly share the load. But Jesus is saying, do this so that you can learn of me. Jesus isn't just simply saying, Chris, he's not just simply saying here, put the weight back on the cart back there. And I'll yeah. pull the load for you so that you could catch a breather, bro. Right. Learn. Jesus isn't Jesus isn't Learn my you, ways. Right. Jesus isn't saying, here, set your set your helmet up on this deal right here. Here's the oxygen mask, and you're sitting there huffing and puffing, and he's like, I'll carry it for a while. No, Jesus is saying, I'll teach you how Ooh. to manage this within the grace that God offers. My goodness. That's the discipleship process. Yes. It's it's learning how, and that's the thing that that I've just been overwhelmed with recently, just digging into digging into the Sermon on the Mount, the value system of the kingdom, Jesus articulating this is the way, this is the way of the kingdom, what I expect. Mm-hmm. And and you know, obviously we have we have a church culture, but discipleship is exactly what you're talking about. Discipleship is not church culture. Discipleship is Jesus culture, learning the Jesus ways, learning how he lived, learning how he and then and then taking those and apply that. I love what you said. It's not just it's not just saying because I think that's the way we view it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be a believer and he's going to take care of my finances. He's going to take care of my health. He's going to take care of this. No, Jesus is saying, I'm going to show you how to live the balanced, marginalized life. Marginalized is probably not the word, but but the the, the yeah. balance life yeah, with yeah, margin, yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, in in this fallen, broken world. Mm-hmm. And let's be real, okay? Let's just real talk for just a minute. There are a lot of really great, awesome, wonderful people that genuinely love God, that are faithful, that are serving, they're doing all those kinds of things. And can we just be real for a minute? They're tired, bro. They're not shalomed, bro. They're not shalomed. They're tired. They're weary. They're they're worn out, just like people in the world are worn out. And then what can happen is then we can start looking and saying, Well, I thought, I thought if I did this, it was gonna be this way. And then then you start thinking, well, maybe what I need is more money. Money would bring a more shalom life to me. Or now, now you start living the same life as somebody who's not a follower of Jesus, right? Yeah, and the, and 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 that which is, <clears throat> what is what is the life of someone who's not a follower? Um, it's a life where it's ultimately it's 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 self directed and self resourced. Absolutely, hundred percent. 
And so if you're living a life that's self-directed and self-resourced, then what, so ultimately what Jesus is inviting is, you know, I'll direct it and I'll resource it for you, which is learning of me coming to, uh, you know, here's, here's, let me combine, uh, let me combine two seemingly unconnected scriptures and, and yoke them to this the is sermon. Be awesome. To the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Um, in, uh, in uh, John chapter three, Jesus tells Nicodemus, who's a rabbi, he says to Nicodemus, he says, uh, you know, you must be born again. Nicodemus is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. People can't, I mean, you're born, you're born, bro. <laughs> Jesus is like, no, you must be born of the water and the spirit. Right. And so yeah. Nicodemus is like, I still don't know if I'm following you. And he's like, Nick, bro, you, you're a teacher of the law and you don't understand what I'm talking about. That which is flesh is flesh. Yeah. Right. That which is spirit is spirit. He says, and then he tells him this really strange deal. No man has ever gone up into heaven okay. to bring the good down. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever gone into heaven to bring the good down. But the one who has come down from heaven has brought the good to you. My, my, my. Now, let's, let's tie that together with one of your favorite scriptures, and that's the scripture of James, who says, if any man lacks wisdom. Let him ask James one five. It's a it's a life scripture, man. Yes, and and what is and what's James say? Let him ask and 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 ask of God. And what's God going to do? Give it to him liberally. And he doesn't upbraid it. Yes, he doesn't intertwine it with a bunch of difficult to understand or difficult to acquire or different. Like it's all twisted and tied up, and it's like I can't even make sense of any of that. No, it's it's yeah. clear. It's right. Upbraid's not right comes down from the father of lights every good and perfect gift comes yes down. yes okay. all right so back to the sermon sermon on the mount jesus doesn't give jesus doesn't set them up by saying i'm going to reverse your condition yeah he sets them up by saying i'm going to reverse your outcome Mm, bro, let's go. That's so and, good, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's so and, good. And so, and so, and so Jesus is inviting that meek person, that poor in spirit person, right? Blessed Powerless. are the poor. The, right. Right. Uh, the, the, the person that is uh, blessed are the, the peacemakers, right? Blessed are the. When the grieve those who grieve and mourn, grieve, right? Mourn, blessed are the mourners that, right? Um, and so, and so, in all of those situations, Jesus doesn't say, "I'm going to create a new living reality for you where you don't have to mourn anymore." My goodness, Jesus is saying, "I will carry the weight of your mourning. I will carry the burden of your meekness." And I will exchange it for a new shalom reality. The better way. Which, which it's the better leads, way. Which leads to an eternal outcome where ultimately you will have the exact opposite of everything you have now. Yeah. And in the so meantime, good. I'll teach you about the outcome. I'll teach you, I'll, I'll give you margin so that you can celebrate in the in 
I'll give you, I'll give you margin to celebrate in imperfect scenarios and situations. My goodness, man. That's so good. That's so good. Like, like in this world, there's, there is darkness, right? Which is a chaos environment. The darkness was the chaos environment in the beginning. When we get to heaven, there is no darkness. Right. Because Jesus is the light. Right. In him, there is no darkness. He's the perfection. And so the outcome is going to be different. And in this life, you live in a, in a chaos world. But Jesus said, I am the light. I am the light that's come, right? Bro. And I'm going to make you become the light into this world. I'm going to share what I have and what I, who I am with you so that you, it's not you. You're just going to be the reflection of me in this world, living in those margins. And here's the problem, Ken. The problem is, like you, you mentioned like the resources, at some point, the resources that we possess become exhausted. Dead. And that's, and when you exhaust your own resources is when you reach that place of weariness and brokenness and, right. and just feeling the anxiety of everything and whatever. And we, again, we've got so many good people and they're struggling and they think the reason I'm struggling is I just need to speak in tongues more, or I just need a good Sunday night shout, or I just need this. No, we need to learn from Jesus. What you just, we, we need to learn to from live, Jesus the ways of Jesus. To not live a self-directed and self-resourced life. Yeah. He gets, yeah. he comes down out of the, he comes down out of the mountain after 40 days uh, fasting his temptation in the, in the wilderness. And he comes down and the first, you know, first act of his messianic purpose is in the synagogue. And he finds the scroll of Isaiah where it was written. The spirit so of the good. Lord is upon me for he yeah. has anointed me too. <clears throat> so, so what does that mean? Jesus says, you are going to try to direct the course of my messianic purpose. You want me to be a certain thing. You want me to perform a certain outcome, but what you don't know is what you don't know. Yeah. You, you have, you have, you've become so accustomed to the self-directed life. You've become so accustomed to the self-resourced life that you're going to try to direct me and you're trying, you're, and, and Satan has already worked to to try to get me to use my resources in a self-directed way. Absolutely. That's what it was all about. But I've overcome him. And so he finds the place where it was written about him. The spirit yeah. of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the opening yeah. of the prison, the recovering of sight to the blind. And what Jesus is saying to them is this, I've, it's already been predetermined for me. It's already been prescribed for me. I don't have to be self-directed and I don't have to be self-resourced because he's already said what I will be and do. And he's already given me his anointing, which is by the way, by the way, the word anointing in the scripture, the ultimate definition of anointing is the heaven meets earth place. The first thing that was anointed in the Bible was a rock. And he says, and, and Jacob anointed the rock and poured oil on it and said, this is none other than the gateway of heaven. This is the heaven meets earth place. The next thing that's anointed is a prophet because he says, this is where the heaven meets earth purpose is going to be declared. And then a priest, because this is the heaven meets earth presence. And then then a king, king. this is where the heaven meets earth power. That's why the Bible said Jesus was the rock upon this rock. I will build my church. That's why he told Nathaniel, he says, you believe because I said, I saw you, 
You shall see greater things than these. You will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Why? Because I am the Christ. I am the anointed. I am the heaven meets earth place. In me, heaven and earth come together so that the resources of heaven can flow to you. If you'll take my yoke upon you and learn of me, then I will let those resources become yours. And ultimately, you will be the kind of people that will inherit my kingdom. Mm. Boom shakalaka. The anointing, the resource is already on me. I don't, I, I'm, I don't have to self-resource it because it's already been provided for me. So I'm just going to walk in it. I'm just going to walk in it, live in it. And this is why, Ken, this is so important. This is so important for us. Like we have to, we have to commit to a lifetime of learning the ways of Jesus. And the, the more you commit to it and the more you commit to a lifetime lifestyle of discipleship, the more the margin grows. And the more sensitive you get in his voice and the more peace you possess, the more contentment you possess, the less need to prove or validate myself. Jesus didn't need to validate himself. He could live. He could walk in the power of the spirit. He could heal when he needed to heal and he could walk away from healing. Why? Not because he didn't love them. But because right. he walked in that, he didn't need that to validate him. We have so many people right now that are trying so hard to prove that they have validation, they have worth, and 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 let me show you what I'm doing, and it's going to prove my my value. It's going to prove my worth. Jesus didn't do any of that. Why? Because the anointing was already on him. I don't need That's that. It. That's it. I've I've already been defined. I've already not, been defined. I don't need your definition of me. It's it's mm. good. And I'm not and I'm not and I'm not saying that it's beautiful. We can't see when we say that, we say it like this. I don't need you to define me. I know <laughs> who I am. That's not what he did. No. He's he was just saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to do all of these things. And these are the things that I'm going to do. I just want you to know this is what I'll be doing. This is who I am, and this is what I'm going to be doing. And I invite you to come along for the ride. This day Jesus the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Let's go. Yeah. Jesus didn't serve man. He he didn't yeah. serve, he served man. He didn't serve man's agendas. Why? Because he because he was already, it was already anointed. It was already settled. And he just walked in that. And when he was misunderstood, when he was misrepresented, it didn't affect him. It didn't change him. Because he already understood who he was. My goodness, so good today, bro. I know you got to go. Look, hard stop at 11 o'clock, and it's 11.06. Let's go. You got to go. Great word today. Appreciate all. We really didn't have uh, We didn't have the time, really, to get to some of the great comments today that came through. We, had we great appreciate comments. that. Tremendous he, comments, as and, always. And Chris, we'll do better next time. It. Well, and, 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 and you left a little hanging chat out there with, uh, the, this, this point about like, you know, the, the deacons of, of, uh, you know, who, who did they serve? Uh, they didn't serve the widows, the Hebrew and Grecian widows. Yeah. They, they, they brought the resources that have been made available to them to answer the need so that mm. they could serve the apostles. So the apostles could be free to do what God had called them to do. Jesus, you don't ever serve down. You always serve up. Nobody serves down in king in the kingdom. You always serve up. And if you serve up, then you will be resourced so that you can supply those resources into the needs. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't serve people. He, he served the will of him that sent him so that the resources that were made available for that position were then capable to be dispensed where the needs existed. 
so powerful. So good today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us and commenting, being a part. We're going to come back next week better than ever, ready to rock and roll in. We will be praying for you today at 3 o'clock in Jesus' name. Thank you. Uh, you can check us out on all of the social media sites. Check us out at dillinghamgroup.org. We'd love to connect with you. Look forward to coming back to you next Tuesday around 10 o'clock. Until then, go live mobilized. God bless everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you, and there are several ways that you can do that. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching The Dillingham Group. You can also go to our website, thedillinghamgroup.org, and fill out the form on the contact page to get more information about multiplication, discipleship, and all the topics discussed on this podcast. We also have individual social media accounts that you can follow. Just look for Chris Dillingham and Ken Dillingham on all of the social media platforms. If you like today's episode, drop by Apple Podcast and leave us a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Mobilized Church Podcast. We hope you can join us next week as we talk about what it means to live mobilized.